All right, three. We count on together. Three, two, one. What's start. up, ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> that, oh, wait. We're starting from the beginning. Okay, let's do that again. Three, two, one. Start. start. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> Back here with another episode of Chilling with Dylan. Uh, I think this is episode 10 already. Wow. Um, today, my guest is a uh, graduate brother of my fraternity, one of my l- favorite people. We just have really great conversations all the time. Um, known him for the last four years. His name's Matt Webb. He has his own podcast called Manxiety. You want to introduce yourself, Matt? Sure. Thank you, Dylan. Um, like Dylan said, my name is Matt Webb. I'm a graduate brother of his fraternity at UC Irvine. Uh, one of the OGs now that I've been graduated for quite some time. Uh, I graduated in 2014, so that was great. It was the year that Obama came to give the 50th year anniversary at UCI. Oh, really? So I got blessed by by the best, by the president, he, you know? Was he actually there at your ceremony? Yeah, he was there. I had to... You think that it sounds fun saying, oh my God, I get to be a part of history and the president's going to come give a speech. We had to get up at 4 a.m. or some shit, get uh-huh. there, uh, wait in line. It was super hot. There wasn't enough shade for everybody. It kind of sucked, but like the actual event was fun. But. Oh my gosh, I've never even, I don't even think I'll ever see a president in real life. That's an, that's just a weird concept to me. Anyways, um, I just kind of wanted to <clears throat> start off the podcast and ask um, about your podcast, Anxiety. Where did you get the inspiration for that? And like, you want, go ahead and like explain the premise of everything too. Because I think it's super interesting and a really cool idea in the first place. Sure, of course. Yeah, this is the first time I've been a guest. So I've been a podcast consumer for like four or five years, uh, mm-hmm. a host of one for about a year. And then oh now I'm goodness, a guest yeah. on yours, so so I've, I've completed the full cycle here. But yeah, <laughs> our, uh, I do the podcast with one of my best friends. His name is Ashot. He was also a little brother of our chapter. And it's called uh, the Manxiety Podcast. And the idea behind it was that when I first graduated, uh, you know, you're going through all these changes. You get these jobs, all this stuff, right? You're trying to figure out what you want to do in life, right? You're, mm-hmm. you're always kind of told like, hey... <clears throat> You know, go to elementary school so you can do or, or get a good job or sorry, do a good job in elementary school so you can go to middle school and then do a good job so uh-huh. you can go to high school and then do a good job so you can go to college. And then after that, you're on your fucking own. Exactly. Right. And at that point, it's no longer like, oh, I picked my major because my parents said to do it. It's just figure it out. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I was I was just stressed out at work. I was going through a tough time. Uh, it was a, my first like real job. It was an engineering job at a company. It was super demanding. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd started as a contractor. So six months as a contractor became full time. And they were like, Hey, let's just give him three projects. Cause he's been here for six months. Oh my it goodness. Sucked. Most people start off with one, one of the senior guys there who this was, was coding, trainer. right? Uh, more like uh, system integration, test engineering. Are you computer uh, engineering? I did uh, business information management. Oh, Which you're is, B- BIM. Yeah, I think it's yeah. gone now at UCI, but it's no, basically it's still com- there. Or oh, it's, it's, it, it might be integrated with something else. Okay, so it's basically uh, business administration plus computer science. Mm-hmm. So all my upper divs were computer related, you know, management of IT systems, uh, things of that nature. Yeah, yeah. Continue, so, continue though. Good, good mix. Anyways, yeah. So I, um, you know, was just stressed out. Was hanging out with my buddies. I stopped doing things like playing video games with them. We we're playing yeah. a lot of uh, games every night, just kicking it. And, you know, a shot reached out to me and he's like, yo, what's what's going on with you? How how are you doing? All this stuff. And I was like, um, I'm OK, man. He's like, no, really? Like, you haven't been online. You haven't been hanging out with us. What's going on? And I told him, I was like, yeah, I'm just I'm stressed out. But aren't we all like we're all trying to figure it out. Right. And he's like, no, no, dude, I'm, I'm stressed out, too. Uh, you know, I recently took a cruise. I think you need to get away. You need to take some time off. Like your work is not your life anymore. Your work is just a part of who you are as an adult. 
And, you know, he kept reaching out to me, kept checking in on me, all this stuff, because he was going through something similar. So yeah. what, how old were you at the time? Uh, I was probably 23. 23? Okay, 23, okay. 23, 24, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, something in that time frame. Maybe a little bit older. Okay, okay. And, yeah, it's just like you hit this slump, and you're like, fuck, what do I really want to do in life? Right? Yeah. And, you know, there's not many resources out there to talk about mental health but specifically mm-hmm. related to mental health within men. A mm-hmm. lot of times you're just kind of told like, shut up, you know, quit being a little bitch, stop being a little girl about it. Like oh, it's yeah. your job to be tough, go be a man, right? Mm-hmm. And that definition of what it means to be a man has fluctuated a lot throughout history and it's changing once again where it's like you can actually say, hey, like I'm, I'm having a tough time. Can we talk about it? Yeah. Type of stuff, right? And it's, it's kind of one of those things, which is funny because in college, I was one of those guys that would go order like the the like uh colorful drinks and shit right and yeah people I, like I, I do the same thing do not worry there I we go the but it's funny because people would always say oh oh, oh you're a little bitch you're ordering this i was like motherfucker i'm ordering what tastes good and second of all <laughs> like like are you so uncomfortable with yourself that you got to pick on what i'm drinking now don't get me wrong i'd also slam you know bottles of uh what's that Some uh, rubbing, rubbing alcohol shit no no yeah the, uh, vodka the, the one that's banned yeah Oh, the ones banned? Everclear. Everclear, Everclear yeah. My, yeah. My, my little bro one time came up with me, and he's like, will you take a shot with me? And, like, drunk me. He was like, yeah. And then he's like, oh, whatever I pick, yeah, you got me Everclear. And that was... That thing, that ta- that stuff tastes nasty. It ta- it, 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 but it does get you messed up. Like, in a couple, you take two of those, and, like, you're in another dimension. You're warping through time. Exactly. Yeah, everything's yeah. in slow-mo and spinning. You don't know what's yeah. going on. Yeah, I don't even drink that often. So that that stuff, like when Everclear, I went every time I've ever drinking Everclear, I felt like, wow, this the proportion of how much I drank to how drunk I feel is unfair. It's oh, yeah. uncalled for. It's uncalled oh, yeah. for. Absolutely. But continue. If, continue. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, yeah, you know, we were talking about that, and then the pandemic hit. We kind of had this idea a few years ago just to talk about it, right? To give people just some help. You know, mm-hmm. like a, a lot of people I talked to were like, yeah, man, I'm struggling. I don't know what I want to do with my career. I don't know what I want to do here. And you know, we just decided, okay, let's 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 try and help people. And that's ultimately yeah. the goal of it is to help somebody. Um, you know, and it's not exclusive to men, anybody mm-hmm. at home. You know, it's men and women. It's just it was a, a punny name that we came up with, mm-hmm. uh, right? Because anxiety plus an M, it's pretty, pretty fucking straightforward. I like that. I like that. What a clever. So, chilling with Dylan. Chilling like chilling with Dylan. I know, dude. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually upset that you don't spell chilling like you would dylan like y-l-a-n i know i like, know like chiland with dylan or something if people Chil- don't know how to pronounce Chilan. it chiland with dylan exactly exactly maybe i'll change it one day there we i'll go. be i'll at you matt webb i'll specifically at you oh i i already bought the domain bro i got the rights to it right now oh, you hear me it. typing in the background you gotta, gotta get on these ideas quick in the digital world i know you're still you're always on it you're always on it yeah i mean it, it all comes down to like owning your shit I mean, mm-hmm. in, in that sense, right? In terms of like ideas, separate yeah. topic though. Uh huh. So, so yeah, it was just a pandemic hit. We were at home more. You know, we decided, hey, do you want to actually do that idea? Do you want to record? So we recorded maybe Wait, like. Wait, so seven how or did you come episodes. up with the podcast idea? Uh, we came up with it a few years back originally. because um, I just like I think he said something. He's like, "Oh, how's your anxiety?" And I was like, "It's not anxiety, bro. It's man anxiety because I'm a man, you know." Because I was still in that <laughs> He's like, like mind. Oh. <laughs> yeah, you know. And then and then we're like, "Oh, that that's a funny name." And then at some point, we're just like, "Yeah, we should talk about it." Because we had talked about so many of our friends, mm-hmm. and we we're kind of being mental health advocates in general, just saying like, yeah. "Hey, you know, checking in on people more." Um, once you know the signs, it's a lot easier to kind of 
understand what somebody's mm-hmm. going through, right? When they like yeah. pull back or they close off their body language or they're talking to you, things of that nature. So yeah, we we started with that. And then um, May of last year, we kicked it off. We recorded probably, I think we actually started like in March. Mm-hmm. Uh, we recorded like right around when the pandemic hit, but we had maybe seven or eight episodes banked before we actually published it. We just want to make sure we could do it every week. Mm-hmm. And so far, we've done it every week. We usually do it twice a week now. Uh, there's mm-hmm. two episodes a week. One is like the the main episode and the other one is like what we call Therapy Thursdays, where we just literally talk about how we feel about our week, if anything stresses us out and what we did to tackle it. So we give people real solutions to handle um, things that are coming up in their life, right? Yeah. Oh, that's a, that's a really good way you guys break it down. I saw that with uh, – you guys upload a lot actually and um, pretty consistent about it. That's why I've been trying to get really be- a lot better at being consistent, but – about the uploading anyways but um i also want to ask too so do you think the anxiety occurred due to just the change in lifestyle or just that type of age or do you think both interesting i'd say a little bit of both Mm -hmm. uh you know when you when you graduate and you're kind of on your own like truly on your own you don't have like the university behind you or maybe like your parents backing you anything of that nature because are we feeling anxious like a year out or is it that was your first year out basically, right? I mean, I, I've had like anxiety throughout life, right? But uh-huh. I just see it as like, oh, I'm just like nervous about something. Let's just go do this, right? You know, you yeah. have a presentation, you're kind of nervous, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it didn't it didn't really become an issue until I had that job when just literally like everywhere I looked, there was stress. Yeah. Like at work, I was stressed out eight hours a day trying to get these projects mm-hmm. out. And then when I'd come home, I was stressed out with, like, some roommate shit that was going on back then, right? Because I'm, I'm so stressed out at work that, like, I just want to come home and, like, just play video games and not think about anything. Yeah. And then, like, somebody's using my TV downstairs or something. Yeah. Like, God damn it. So I'll just play, play upstairs. And then eventually, um, yeah, it just, it just got worse and worse. There was family stuff going on with me at the time. So, like, everywhere I turned, mm-hmm. I didn't really have an outlet and somebody to help me get better and get back on the corrective path. Yeah. So it just got really bad, and you know, I was really stressed. I was very withdrawn from everybody. Um, borderline like depression, mm-hmm. not not like suicide suicidal depression, but just kind of like, like you didn't want to get out of bed type of deal. Yeah, I would just yeah. be like, all right, fuck it. Like I have to work yeah. five days, and at the time, you know, that's the ma- worst feeling. That's the worst feeling ever. Yeah, I was making good money, mm-hmm. right, and I was paying off all my loans and doing all this stuff, and I was yeah. like, well, this is you have to do this because you have so much in student loans that you you have to take this job right like you can't how much were you paying off uh like 30 30 grand oh damn that's still a lot with with like 35 or something and that's just from two years huh uh what do you mean um because is it fifteen thousand a year when you were going yeah that's roughly what it was but i i got a lot of grants and scholarships so Uh I, i was lucky that um when I came into UCI, I was able to get like a ton. Actually, I got fucked over by UCI real quick. Hashtag fuck UCI. <laughs> they fucked your financials? Well, so the financial aid department, I got this scholarship, right, for being one of the top CS students or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they gave me like four $4,000 a year. Like, sweet. Yeah. I have this money, right? It's already added to my account. Well, I decided to change my major to BIM. Mm-hmm. right which i'm like it's still cs it's literally yeah. in the school of ics like what are, what are we doing here 
And then I get this bill from the financial aid, like, you owe us two grand. I'm like, what do you mean I owe you money? And they're like, Jesus. like, oh, no, no, you owe us money. So I went and I talked to him. I had all these meetings and I explained to him what was going on. And they're like, well, because you changed your major, this scholarship was specifically for computer science. And I was like, well, if I had known that, I specifically would have changed my major in fall instead of spring quarter. So I would uh-huh. have been able to keep this money. Like, well, I don't mm-hmm. want to owe you money. Yeah. So it's, it's those things that um, sucked in the moment. But you kind of learn the life lesson of like learning the fine print and yeah. making sure that you really understand what you're getting into, which is super tough for kids going into college because right now we have this student loan crisis going on, right? With mm-hmm. most people who've graduated and like it's super unfair to be like, yeah, I have a hundred, hundred fifty thousand dollars in debt. I can't pay it off yeah, because I can't make enough money where I live because it's mm-hmm. too expensive. And especially for like my friends who are out of state, it's just it's terrible, you know, because out of state tuitions, I think almost double. Yeah, I don't. Oh, it's, I don't like, even... it's like thirty thousand. It's I know it can get. I think here it's thirty thousand if it's out of state. Yeah, no, sixty thousand. I think it's sixty thousand. It's insane that it's like yeah. double in certain circumstances. And no, it's I like, think it's quadruple because like, really? international students are paying like sixty thousand. I'm almost positive. Jesus, here, let what's, me, let what's me tuition this now? right now? Yeah, it's all let public, me, right? Yeah, I can check it right now. Um, tuition right now it's five thousand per quarter. So, um. You know, you're paying like fifteen thousand throughout the year. Let me see, out of state. I might be totally wrong on this one by UCI though, but I'm pretty sure it's sixty thousand. Uh, forty-one thousand alone is tuition. Jesus, alone. And then, like on top of that, if you're room and board, that's fifteen thousand. Yeah, that plus books plus mm-hmm. you know food, li- any living expense, all these things. You know, it's just it's kind of nuts. Uh huh. <clears throat> so yeah when when looking at that and saying like this is where my life was supposed to go you know i'm supposed to be happy i have i have a degree from one of the top you know public universities in the u.s mm-hmm. i have a good job right i had a, re- a really well-paying job i'm just like where's the where's the time for me yeah so it, it really kind of spurred that and ever since then one of the things that taught me was um you know, I, I worked with a lot of project managers on different projects. And mm-hmm. like I said, I was on these three big projects at the time. What uh-huh. I was doing, I was working in the airline industry, working on the software that goes into planes. Have you ever flown on a plane and, you know, you have uh, the in-flight entertainment system and you had a good experience? Attribute it to me. If you had a bad experience, one of our competitors, or I should say <laughs> former competitor now that I'm no longer at the company. Former, former. Yes. But um, it, it is one of those things where... They have that old school mentality of like you come in, you you put your head down, and you just grind. Yeah. And at a certain point, it, it doesn't work. Um, one of the things I, I was saying earlier is like one of the, the guys that trained me had said that three out of 10 engineers. Oh, oh, sorry. Was it three out of 10? I think three out of 10 won't make it their first year. Just through engineering jobs alone? No, like specifically at that company because oh, really? so many people quit. Yeah, or maybe it was only three out of ten will make it, like seven will quit. I don't remember. It was oh. some like crazy statistic. Where and I was you're like, like, oh, that's reassuring. Well, I was young and dumb, and I uh-huh. said, I'm gonna be the one that makes it. Watch me, watch me out compete. Uh huh. Right. Watch me throw myself at the wall and see what sticks. You know, you start working overtime. You're not really clocking it, type of thing, because you want to get these projects done, all this shit. And one of the things that it taught me going through it was, you know, you can say no, and the the value of saying no is super important. Because somebody can say, hey, I need you to get this done in three weeks. Mm. And if you say, no, I can't do it in three weeks, I can do it in five weeks. You're now in control, right? The ball's in your court. You're setting the deadline. Oh, okay, okay. <clears throat> and the first time I told my project manager no, he, you know, I was, he's like, 
can you do this in three weeks? Normally, I would just say yes. I was like a yes man. Yes, 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 yes. And I took on way too much. I said no. And he looked at me and said, okay, uh, when can you get it done? And I said, based on my workload, it's going to be, I can get it done in six weeks. And he just looked at me and said, okay, I'll call the customer and tell him in six weeks. And I felt like I had goddamn magical powers. (laughs) You felt on top of the world. Yeah. All all I did was speak up for myself mm-hmm. and say, you know, this is kind of my, my boundary. I can't do something for you. Mm-hmm. Let's work on it. Yeah. And it worked out. So that was a super valuable lesson that I hope other people don't have to get into a similar situation mm-hmm. before they can learn, like, just say no, right? There's going to be things in your life, like your time is super limited. There's mm-hmm. going to be things where somebody is, is stressing your time one way or another, and yeah. you're going to have to say no. Because it's either for your mental health, maybe it's for your your wealth, maybe you're working this this job and you need to get a project done, mm-hmm. right? And you and you can't hang out with your friend or you can't go out this this night or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's a lot of, and honestly, the, the thing that I want to talk to you about mm-hmm. overall is how it feels to be one of those people who's about to graduate. <clears throat> I I've been talking about that a lot on the podcast lately, and I think. Um, as it's week four now i have six weeks left of college basically um that impending not impending doom feeling but like impending feeling of like okay um kind of where i take off from here is kind of like where i determine where i want to go in life i think Mm -hmm. a lot of the anxiety comes from the unpredictability of where exactly i'm gonna end up in terms of location i think is the biggest concern to me for me right now because okay. um, a part of me has been thinking about, um, you know, I want I do want to stay in Irvine. That is the optimal situation for me just because of like people who, who live down here. You know, all the bros live down here. All the people in my fraternity and all my friends live down here. So it's a lot easier to room with someone I know, live in a place I know, you know, live with people I know. And then also part of me is like, OK, um, how realistic is it that I can get a job that um, – you know, I really like and is also in the Irvine area and is also paying well. So not well, but like I'm not looking for like I'm not trying to make a hundred thousand a K a month right out the gate or whatever, just because um not that I'm realistic, but I'm trying to aim my arrow a little bit above the horizon. I'm not trying to miss completely, you know what I mean? So I'm I'm a little bit more um I'm I'm optimistic of what I can attain, but um I'm also like I also have to be open to other possibility so i kind of thinking about you know venturing out to other parts of socal um just because um i really do i do want to stay in socal at the end of the day but i don't want to limit myself to just okay i'm only applied to orange county jobs and then i'm just gonna if i don't get the top tier jobs or like not even top tier jobs but if i'm not getting um if i can't find exactly what i want here then i gotta look other places and not like keep stooping down and being like okay maybe i'll just settle for this because it's still in Irvine, you know? It makes sense. Yeah. And, and I was I was pretty similar when I graduated, right? What's next? What's the job I'm going to do? How much money am I going to make? Where am mm-hmm. I going to live? I want to stay local to Irvine as well. All those things are flooding through my head. And as, I, as I'm older and more wiser and mature, hopefully, mm-hmm. I'm, still, I'm still a little bit immature. I think that the, the, the real answer should be what makes you happy. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And, and it's tough because as you say this doesn't make me happy, I'm going to do something else, you're mm-hmm. kind of seen as selfish. Right? Yeah. If, you, if you take time for yourself and you need, you need to take time away from everybody and you're just going to sit at home, eat pizza, and play video games, yeah. you're kind of seen as selfish. Hey, man, why aren't you hanging out with me? Why aren't you doing this, right? Oh, yeah. But at the end of the day, 
go ahead. I was about to say I get horrible anxiety about um, not I like it's a combination of FOMO mm-hmm. and also personal obligation to wanting to fulfill you know those plans or hang out with people because I have the mentality that um, you gotta like go 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 and um, that's my mom's always said that like that's how I think what caused a lot of my burnout before COVID because I always talk about this but like um, you know I was doing the interfraternity council i was doing the leadership for fiji i was working like 16 hours a week um as a supervisor for uh uci dining you know a lot of like different things in different areas where i i had to be present to be a part of that you know and so um i always felt myself as so selfish exactly what you're saying super selfish i'm when i i remember this sounds this is gonna sound stupid but um, I remember there'd be parties and all these social events during the year and so many people would, re- not, I don't want to say rely, but expected me to attend those events. And so I felt personally bad if I was not attending like a party, like I felt guilty and that's, you should not feel guilty for not going to a party, you know, like you should be going into the party. You want to have fun. Not cause like you feel an obligation and like, don't get me wrong. Um, I'm very happy I did go to a lot of those things, but like sometimes it ended up not being as fun as I wanted it to be. So it ended up sucking, but continue what we were saying. Well, in that situation, it seems as if you care a lot more about making others happy Mm -hmm. than you do making yourself happy. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And that's, that's something totally, um, hard, not hard, but I think one of the things I consistently have been working on about myself is trying to balance that whole, uh, being selfish and like being able to have alone time versus, you know, giving all these obligations to everyone else. But I think it's just the FOMO, the fear of missing out for me partially, just because, um, you know, I was an only child growing up my whole life. And, um, you know, you had to, you had to make your own friends, you know, you can't really, uh, you can't, you, you had to, you had to put yourself out there in order to like get those invites, you know, you don't have like a brother or sister you can hang out with, or that's how I felt, you know, or I didn't have a brother or sister that I could talk to about stuff. So I consistently needed friends to like, you know, talk about anxiety or issues or whatever, all that sorts of things. And so, um, I think that totally transferred to me when I was, I got older, like, okay, like I need these friends and now I need the reassurance that like those friends are my friends, you know? So I got to like consistently hang out with them. And then, you know, you're draining your own body. Yeah. And what what happened with me was I always felt like I had to be entertaining to maintain those friends. Oh, yeah. So I try to be funny. I try to be exciting. I try to do really dumb shit. A lot of times, it, I mean, well, some of the times it's funny. Like, not every time. <laughs> but a lot of the times people look at me going like, bro, what? why did you say that? And I'm like, I, I got to entertain. I got to be the clown for you guys. You know, that's, that's just how I feel. I have to live up to this... Uh, this reputation I built up in my head. Yeah. But that's that's the thing, right? That doesn't necessarily exist the way that you think that it does. One mm-hmm. of my favorite quotes. So um, I also did SPOP at UCI for two years. Mm-hmm. It was a great program and a great experience for anybody listening. You should definitely apply to be a staffer. A lot of the training and things that I learned were, were from that. And one of the quotes we mentioned this, and used this a lot. Is, this is summer orientation stuff. Yes, sorry. Student parent or, orientation program. Uh, I didn't so even know a, I meant that. <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, it's a program that UC Irvine has for those who are not familiar with it, where they bring the freshmen on campus. So they come in, 
that that day usually it's on a friday or saturday Mm -hmm. and then they spend the night in the dorms so they're actually going to be in one of the dorms and then the next day there's a bunch of activities and there's like a closing ceremony and they leave Mm -hmm. so i was one of the people who was a volunteer i love i really like that yeah current uci student who was able to facilitate it and then i did it a second year where i was a returner which is what you call somebody who's um a second year and you're you're not just in charge of making sure that the freshmen are having a good time you're in charge of other staffers mm-hmm. so a little bit more responsibility i have a funny story about that if you want to hear it um about being a staffer yeah so it kind of goes back with speaking is up. it you, okay okay i i bet you have a, you have a you have had a multitude of range of interactions with these people huh a yes. bunch of incoming freshmen there are so many videos of me that exist on people's phones of doing upside down twerking because that was the thing <laughs> for whatever reason and like if the if the freshmen if the freshmen weren't having it if they just weren't entertained i would literally just like go up against the wall put my feet on the wall and start shaking my ass and like i have a super bony ass it doesn't look good at all but, but they would they would love it, it and it the phones way. would come out exactly i had to be the clown I, but, I i would probably do the same type of i can't twerk very well and i have a bony ass as well but <laughs> I probably could do something very similar and funny, but continue. Yeah, of course. I mean, I mean, as long as you're having fun doing it, that's all that truly matters. Right? Yeah, you just have I, fun I in life because you only get one. Exactly, exactly. So, you know, we're training all these things, right? I'm supposed to be like in charge of, of the, mm-hmm. the five or six staff members mm-hmm. and like 40, 50 students. Yeah. Well, one of the uh, students comes up to me and says, there's this guy outside who was trying to show me his tattoos. <laughs> And I'm immediately on high alert, right? Because I'm not only in charge of everybody, but I'm like, what? What, do you, what do you mean, right? And she's like, yeah, some random guy. I think he's drunk. Uh-huh. So I have to, like, escalate it. So I call. I, I get everybody inside. Everybody's safe, right? Because I can't see the guy outside. And we um, we, we call, like, our coordinator, our coordinator team who, like, it's 2 in the morning, right? We're up uh-huh. late doing activities and stuff, playing stupid games or fun games, I should say. They're, they're not mm-hmm. stupid. You know what I mean? And, uh, yeah, so... It's like two in the morning. I call them like they're super sleepy. Like, what's going on? I was like, there's some random guy outside. I need you to assist. <laughs> so they end up calling the cops. The uh-huh. cops come. Apparently, it's some guy that lived in one of the apartment complexes like across from the dorms uh-huh. who just got drunk and like stumbled over because there's a bunch of lights on uh-huh. and was asking people random crap. So I finally get the students to quiet down. I'm trying to explain them the gravity of the situation. This is my first time as a returner in charge of the shit. <laughs> So I'm I'm like I'm in charge now, right? I, uh-huh. I can't like point to somebody else and be like, hey, you you take it over so I can get everybody to quiet down. Uh-huh. And I just hear like the, the cop yelling at the guy outside, like, shut your fucking mouth or something, blah, blah, blah. And I was just uh-huh. like, everybody keep talking, everybody talk, everybody talk. Jeez, you know, I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> it was it was super crazy. Uh-huh. And it's just one of those situations where when you see something, it's like, you know, we would always say, like, if you see something, say something. Yeah. So if it comes to somebody being bullied, somebody being picked on, somebody being discriminated against, sexual harassment, anything like that, you should always stand up for that person or for yourself if you're the one in the situation. Mm-hmm. And I just, damn, it's such a visceral reminder right now of how scared I was. Because I, you know, like, I'm pretending like I have it all together. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah, so that was super intense dang that was the only really intense moment the rest of it was actually super fun so like i i I, I, I don't mean that you know somebody's gonna like i'm not gonna apply because people are gonna break in no i i I, do you want to be a uh eventually become a teacher or do something like that in the future like a counselor have you ever thought about that i always wanted to teach when i was younger 
Uh-huh. I had teachers in high school that were really the reason I went to college. Mm-hmm. I was always like a smart kid, but just never had any, never had any real goals. Yeah. And a lot of my teachers were the ones that said, hey, you should go to this school. You should do this. Like, what do you want to make? Oh, you, you really like computers. You really like games. Like, try this out. Try this class. Here's this resource. Uh, read this book, etc. Mm-hmm. And I always thought I wanted to teach, but I wanted to do it later in life. Yeah. So I always wanted to do it, maybe like have a career, really get some experience and then decide to, to, to teach and to help like the future generation. That is exactly what I want to do. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I, so currently I, I work in customer success. Uh-huh. So my job now is to make sure that customers are successful uh-huh. and I apply that same lens to every person. Uh-huh. So for me, I would ask you, you know, what, what do you think is a successful like grad or like mm-hmm. when you graduate, what does success mean? You know, yeah. and, and what are those metrics you're looking to shoot for? And then I can help you based on where you want to go, give you my, access to my resources, things that I have, information, et cetera, and be able to guide you along that path. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? So, uh-huh. so what does success look like? What does a successful graduate look like for you? I think, I feel like a successful, I think that, oh, am I still, can you still hear me? Okay, cool. Yeah, you're um, good. I think, um, I feel like the graduates who are... Uh, no, 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 no. I mean you. Oh, for me? Like, like if if I come to you in a year... Uh-huh. I mean, we're, we're definitely going to talk in between them, but let's say yeah. I don't see you in a year. Uh-huh. And I go, Dylan, how have you been? Are, are, what are you doing? Uh-huh. And if you say, I'm so successful, what I've done in the, in the year after graduating, uh-huh. this is what I've done, what would you tell me? Oh, I think I, I always feel as if, if I'm able to continue the stuff I do and be able to pay for it. So, like, for example, like... I think I would feel very happy and successful if I was still able to go camping once a month or, you know, um, be able to pay for my own gym membership or be able to prepare myself. Um, I think I think the biggest thing for, let's say, in a year, I think I would feel successful if um, I was starting to, you know, study for my um, exams or whatever to get into uh, BMA or because I want to, what's it called, a master's in business administration, my MBA. Mm-hmm. So I think I think. I feel I would feel successful if I had a um, if I had a clear pathway to get to that because right now uh, it's still shaky. I don't I don't know the clear pathway to get there. So I think that within that year between right now and like um, post grad life, I want to really figure out okay how do I narrow down and get towards that goal because one I got to pay for it. I got to figure right. out how to pay for it. And two, like if I if I can get someone else to pay for it, a company. Like, what are steps to getting, you know what I mean? Exactly. And so I think um, in between that, though, I really, really want to keep doing stuff I like doing um, on the weekends and stuff like and throughout the year. And I I really want to travel. I think that's the biggest thing um, that's kind of driving me to want to not immediately jump into becoming a teacher, getting my credentials, start teaching all this and that, because um, that's a lot. You know what I mean? And I kind of want to take the year or two in between to like, you know, get my bread up, um, travel the places I want to travel. I really want to go to Asia. And like, that's one of the big things I want to go. I want to, you know, uh, go to like South America. I want to, you know, travel around the country, uh, go to mm-hmm. different states, visit people. Uh, like, that's another thing I really want to do. I want to keep reconnecting with people um, throughout my life. Like, I'm still really, really good friends with people from my middle school, and my elementary school, and even my high school. Like, People like look at me not crazy, but they're always so surprised. And I, I don't think this is um I I feel like it's not that surprising, but like to other people it's surprising. But I 
like the fact that I'm still friends with my high school friends or my middle school friends, people are like, that is, that is wild. And like, you've connected with them for that long. And some of these guys, like, it's not like one or two people. Like I'm like really good friends with like five or six people from my middle school. And um, I think just maintaining those relationships and reconnecting with people, um, being able to like, you know, let's say like my friend moves to Massachusetts or whatever, after he graduates, like I want to be able to visit him and hang out with him because like, like that's what I've been doing here. Like, when I'm down here in Irvine and um, I have free time, I try to like have friends over, go visit my friends like in LA or back in San Diego, I'll go back home and try to kick it with them a couple of times, see my parents and stuff like that. But, um, you know, I, wa- I really want to, you know, make enough money so I can just continue doing the things I like to do in retrospect. Okay. That's, I mean, that sounds great. It sounds yeah. like you've got you've got a pretty good idea on, on what you want, like your your dream state to look like in a year. Mm-hmm. So now you just need to make sure that when you're working on your your daily, your weekly, your monthly mm-hmm. tasks, right, you're working towards those goals. So hopefully we have a another episode in a year or something, right? I, I talked yeah. to you a year and you go, you know, of course, if COVID's done with, right? You uh-huh. go, oh, I... I got this. I got this job. I'm interning at this place. I'm studying for the GMAT. I mm-hmm. took the GMAT, probably based on the timeline of when a year from now would be. Uh huh. Right. And then you would say, "Oh, I I went to Asia and I had this crazy trip. Here's all the pictures and everything I got. The experiences I've learned. I've made six new friends. Mm-hmm. Right. They're they're gonna come out here and and travel SoCal in a year. You know, something of that nature. Right. Mm-hmm. And if if you can really kind of visualize that and imagine what that looks like for you and what it feels like to accomplish that in such a small time frame as a year, then you already know you can do it because you, you can see it, right? Yeah. If you say, I want to be a CEO in a year, yeah. I mean, you don't really believe it unless you start your own company. If you start your own company, yeah. it's, a, it's a different path, right? Mm-hmm. But it, but it, if, if you truly believe that you can do those things, I definitely think that you'll be able to achieve them. Yeah. I because... Just... Go ahead, go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. You're good, go ahead. Um, I was just going to add and just say... Um... I'm not, I, I just never envisioned myself to, um, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of materialistic just because I think I'm, um, I just like clothes and some other things like Pokemon cards in that sense, but I'm never like, I'm not a big, big, like, oh, I need, I want like a souped up car or a big mm-hmm. ass mansion. I think, I think a nice home in a city in Boston or in SoCal is more than supplemental for my lifestyle. But what were you saying? Well, that's the thing. Your goals are personal to you, mm-hmm. right? You're every every person listening at home. I'm sure you have a ton of people tuning in, right? Yeah. Are I'm, I'm gonna get such a such a high you know subscriber count all of a sudden? Bam, we're gonna go. Get, you'll get a you'll get a few. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna get those I'm gonna get those Joe Rogan numbers after. Yeah. You know? I get like a, a, a couple more million Instagram followers. We're Someone will go. make a clip show of you. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. You know, so for you, if if that's your goal, then you're living your life in accordance to what you want to do, mm-hmm. and the the things that you want to achieve. Yeah. So nobody really has the right to tell you how to live your life. And that's oh, yeah. kind of what happens when I was given the example of, you know, elementary school to middle school to high school to college. Now you get a good job. Now you, mm-hmm. you know, you settle down and you you get married and you have two kids and a picket fence and a dog and a cat and you're supposed to be perfectly happy. Yeah. But there's a ton of people that are in that exact situation who are not happy. Yeah. So when it comes to your own happiness and your own life, you really have to carve out the time to not only determine what's going to make you happy, try new things, right? Get out there and explore, but also just thinking like, is this furthering my goal? Yes or no. And if yeah. it's a yes, then like dive in, 
You know, mm-hmm. if if you go, well, I want to travel in a year and it'd be really cool if I can scuba dive when I'm traveling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then you go and get scuba certified. Mm-hmm. Maybe you like getting, you, you like scuba diving. Maybe you absolutely hate it. But you have the opportunity to pay for, you know, a certification class and try it out. I was supposed to start scuba diving, I think, like May of last year. That was that was my original plan for 2020. Uh-huh. That got fucked. <laughs> yeah, you know that you got to do some crazy shit to get the scuba diving certified. You know that, right? It's not that bad. You got no. They have like um, they have uh, or at least this is what my friend was telling me. There's like a a list of um, like I, I don't know, a hundred might be an exaggeration, but uh, there's like a list of uh different things you have to do to get scuba diving certified. And he was telling me that one of the things you have to do, or one of the options you can do, is you have to uh turn you. It's like middle of the night, pitch black dark, um, or pitch black dark. I don't even know if that sounds correct, but, um, it's pitch. Oh, pitch black, pitch black. It's pitch black. Um, you go into the water, you have to turn off all your lights and just like, just, uh, what's it called? Uh, just swim there underneath the water for 15 minutes, lights out everything. And so, all right, this is, this is some like hyped up Navy SEAL training. Oh, I'm not, that's one of the options, but that's, that is, I, you cannot pay me anything I, under a hundred thousand to do that all right so 101,000 it is you got there <laughs> but I'm gonna, like i'm gonna i'm gonna empty out my bitcoin for you let's go yeah exactly exactly but that that stuff's scary but can see, what were you saying um so so my understanding I had, a, I had a couple co-workers that have been scuba certified one of them has these super amazing photos of him uh scuba diving in hawaii mm-hmm. yeah with him and, him and a turtle mm-hmm. and my first thought was like I'll put that shit on my Tinder, bro. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, exactly. Like, like let's, let's go scuba diving with the turtles. <laughs> yeah. I think because um, especially finding, I think that's the um, people really underestimate, especially at our age. And I think in men in general, but is, is finding hobbies like that to keep you um, entertained. Uh, people really underestimate how important, um, you know, like extra, you know, especially after I feel um, kind of the appending extracurricular fear because, um, I won't, you know, I won't be in Fiji anymore. I won't be doing school. I won't have like these in between clubs or like organizations that I can be in. And so um, I'm kind of trying to prepare myself like, okay, what are the things I like and what are the things I can continue to keep pursuing and like do even after college? Because, um, you know, I see like you see dudes who are, they just go to work and they just go home. Like I want to be like my big bro, Danny, who, you know, he goes to work and then he comes home and then on the weekends, you know, he's going camping, he's going rock climbing he's uh you know going to san diego to do a hiking like like i want to do something i want to be like that maybe it's more like i go to a comic-con <laughs> every weekend or um go to swap meet or like stuff like that but like you know people really underestimate the hobbies oh no certainly i i have a old coworker at my old job mm-hmm. he um <clears throat> he took this trip to italy right yeah. so I'm like, oh that's cool three weeks in italy that's super dope right took his mm-hmm. wife his wife stayed in town, got drunk, hung out, had wine, awesome pasta, whatever, right? Explored uh-huh. the city. He climbed a mountain. He climbed the Dolomites. It was a three-week journey because that's what he loves doing. Uh-huh. He's, like a, he's like a mountaineer, and he loves climbing, climbing different peaks. Uh-huh. And he showed me all the photos, all the stuff. It was super cool. But in my head, I'm like, bro, I would have just been partying in Italy. Like, what are you doing? You <laughs> took three weeks off to go climb a mountain. Dude, there's there's hikes around here. Uh-huh. But he's climbed all the hikes in California, most of the U.S., all this stuff, and he wants something more. Uh-huh. So, like, that's what he loves doing. Yeah. Right? He does a lot of rock climbing, a lot of outdoor stuff, all these different things. Mm-hmm. And it's really great because you're like, damn, like, 
you're getting out there and doing what you like doing, right? You took a three-week vacation to climb a mountain. Yeah. No, that's some natural-ass serotonin-producing, produce, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I think that – go ahead. What were you going to say? Oh, I was, I was also going to say, circling back, that um, different coworker, but also same thing, like always out climbing. He's climbed uh, to like Mount Everest base camp with his kids, all the mm-hmm. shit. Dude's also insane. He used to do like sailing competitions and stuff. Mm-hmm. That was how he met his wife. But he was telling me for scuba diving, what they do is they, uh, you, like the first time you get in a tank underwater, mm-hmm. you're in a, a swimming pool. Uh-huh. So you're completely safe. Worst case, you just kick up from the bottom and you're out of the water. Yeah. So you do that like two or three times and then you go out to the ocean. And then once you're in the ocean for like two or three trips and you're able to kind of do it on your own, then you get a card. And like that card will let you buy gear almost mm-hmm. anywhere in the world. So maybe the higher level certification your friend was talking about is something above that uh, like okay, to be okay. able to to not just like rent gear and go out with an instructor, but to be like completely on your own or something. Uh, yeah. But yeah. There's, Wait, so there's levels to this shit. There is levels to this shit. Wait. So how did we get? I forget. What were we talking? How did we get to the scuba diving topic? What were you saying right before that? P- probably something about picking up a hobby, being your own owner, owner owning your uh, life. Okay. I'm, dude, I'm the master of tangents. All right. We're going to start I- talking about like. Anything. Our favorite color or something uh, what? in okay. 20 minutes? No, <laughs> 20 minutes will be on, on that topic. No, because um, going back to the mountain thing we were talking about, I was watching um, it's stuff like that, like the high, um, just like, you know, uh, stuff like that where you're getting, you're getting a lot of uh, natural serotonin release because you're now, you're doing, you're working out, you're, you're, you're climbing a mountain, you're, you're going to feel accomplished. Like you got, like, that'll be the, like, that's kind of like getting a, an A plus on a test times a thousand you know what i mean and so um what i've been looking into what i've been wanting to do is i want to do jujitsu and um mixed martial arts what is, is is that why you secretly brought me on here yes wait what you do you to, mean you want me to talk about jujitsu it took no, you a while I, yeah. to get there. <laughs> I do want to talk about jujitsu i i i really want to do it and i think the big thing is just i gotta put 350 dollars down at a gym you know you have to put 350 dollars down or the gym my friend was, or that JT was going to. How much do you play? Uh, are you you do jujitsu? You do uh, BJJ, right? Yes, sir. Uh, so that that was a game changer for everything. Uh huh. F- for me, in terms of just like stress reduction. Oh, they. Uh, can see, how do you feel after you wor- work out? Usually, my body is hurting so much I can't think about anything. Uh huh. But you just feel so amazing because, for those of you at home that don't really know what. Uh, brazilian jiu-jitsu is it's a form of martial arts where you are it's kind of like wrestling plus submissions is like the Mm -hmm. easiest way to describe it to people so there's different styles you can wear like the gi which is like a woven like almost like a bathrobe is how people will Mm -hmm. describe it right i don't want to like disrespect anybody with that with that term Uh but but you know or you can do like um like yoga pants basically for guys call them spats Mm -hmm. and then um like a rash guard yeah which is like a yoga pant shirt type of thing and you like basically wrestle around you're rolling around you're trying to get people in submissions so you'll see this a lot in like ufc fights where people go to the ground and that's the type of techniques that they'll use to like be able to pull off like i don't know like a side guillotine or, yeah. or a kimura you know the different types of submissions some korean um, zombie twister type of deal yes yeah. you you could learn some shit like that as yeah. well and um I, I got into it in a stereotypical way because, like, I'd heard about it on, like, the Joe Rogan podcast, all this stuff. Basically, you know, it's, like, the super fun, high-level, problem-solving kind of thing to do. Mm-hmm. And it is it is super fun. It's super physical. But it's also because you cannot be thinking about anything when you're in the middle of, of a, a role, which is, like, a sparring session, other than 
that guy's about to rip my head off. Yeah. Like, you, you, because I've had these types of thoughts before. You go, did I leave the stove on? You know, it's kind of the stereotypical <laughs> thought. You kind of like, you're kind of like sitting there thinking about something. And the next thing you know, you're getting choked out and you got to tap. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, you have to be extremely present. Otherwise, you're going to lose. And with jujitsu, um, so I did it for, I think, two and a half years. And then mm-hmm. I haven't really gone back because of COVID because, like, the gym was shut down and all this other stuff. So, I'm hoping that once things open up again and a lot of my teammates are, are vaccinated, that we can, we can kind of continue down that path. Uh huh. I'm so fucking excited for it. But yeah, no, we'll talk afterwards because I I'm, I need to find a gem because I'm I'm really trying to go. But continue. Okay. But the thing about being a white belt in jujitsu mm-hmm. is it's extremely hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they say like most. It's kind of that whole bullshit of like most guys don't make it. You know, so far into it, right? A lot of people quit because every day you're getting beat by people that are smaller than you you're getting beat by people that are older than you you're getting beat by people that your ego says i should be able to submit this person Uh uh-huh right and i mean i i got submitted by somebody who was like half my size like a woman half my size (laughs) because she knows more than me yeah it's, it's it's a sport based on physics yeah so it's not just like I mean, obviously, there's still weight classes, and right? Pressure, you're pressure points and, like, like knowing how where people's weights are when they're moving in certain ways. Yeah. So, I, I guess, like, with, with this specific woman I'm talking about, right? Her, her husband used to train with us. Mm-hmm. Super, uh, super cool guy as well. I mean, they're both super nice. And one time, like, she caught me in a submission. And they always teach you, like, not to use your strength, right? You're supposed to just yeah. use technique. Uh-huh. So, like, you, you learn a move, you drill it, and then you get to kind of go live. And I, you know, she caught me in the, the thing. I didn't use strength and I tapped out and he pulled me aside after and he said, don't ever do that. And I was like, what do you mean tap? Like we're supposed to tap. It's the first thing they say is like tap out. And he said, no, no, no. You, you let her think you, you let her think that she beat you. And I was like, but she did, right? She had, has better technique than me. But he said, the thing is in a real situation, if a guy your size is at a bar and decides to pick a fight with her, she was like five, one, I'm six, three. He's like, you're just going to smother her and, and like throw her against the wall, right? Like she's not going to be able to fight you. So I don't want her to be overly confident thinking that she can submit you. So like you have to use strength to fight out of things. Mm-hmm. So then I'm like, dang, now I got to think about all this shit, right? And like I'm going uh-huh. with this guy's wife and all this stuff. But <laughs> it's it's just one of those things where like you're always learning and it's like an ego thing, right? Like you uh-huh. want to do it the right way. You want to do it this way, whatever. But it's also really good practice for like a live situation. Because if you are, I mean, the number one thing you should do if you're ever going to get into a fight, de-escalate, right? Get away from the situation. If you're at a bar and somebody's trying to be like the macho man, right? We talk about that shit a lot like on my podcast. Like, they're trying to fight you. Just, hey, sorry, pal. I didn't mean to offend you. We're going to leave. Whatever. You, you leave, right? Mm-hmm. You don't know if he's got buddies. You don't know if he's got a knife. If he's got a bottle on you. A gun. It doesn't, you know, it's, like, you, you never want it to escalate. Yeah. But if it does escalate and somebody's going to throw hands with you, chances are it's going to go to the ground because when most people fight they're drunk and they're mm. you know all over the place and they're um they're probably not walking very straight whatever right yeah so then if it goes to the ground you have to know how to defend yourself either exactly. so you can defend yourself on the ground de-escalate uh-huh. the situation get up and run away uh-huh or you can choke that motherfucker out yeah so I, that I, w- I was watching this video this is what kind of like made me like um think that uh especially ground game is super important 
um there's this dude he's at mcdonald he's at he's at whataburger i think and he's just like he this it's just fat dude he's at the the stand he's super drunk he's just like give me my motherfucking cheeseburger like i need my cheeseburger right and then this this skinny dude he's in he's totally being an asshole though but he's he's (laughs) this is a video on youtube by the way he's in the back he's just like eating his cheeseburger he's like "Mm, mm, this is so good Mm, i'm so glad i got my cheeseburger like totally making fun of the dude for not having his cheeseburger and um this dude he's like twice his size too and um he start. He picks a fight, and then the skinny dude like gets him on the ground. He puts him in a, a rear naked chokehold, like almost immediately. And the dude's twice his size, but he knew exactly like turned him around, got him in the choke, like exactly like he knew what he was doing, and he had the advantage the whole time. So it's just like you know, um, you gotta like you, if it's going to the ground, you really need to. If you're gonna get choked out, if you are the person getting choked out, you don't want to get choked out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Exactly. So you gotta know what you're doing. It's because like most people. Like, maybe it's just me. I don't know. I feel like most people, like, three or four punches to your face or your jaw or any to that area, if you're a normal person, like, you're going to get, like, you, it's going to knock you out. It's going to make you, like, see stars a little bit, you know? And so you got to, like, if you if your best chance is on the ground, you just got to go to the ground. And yeah. People, if, and, if you're stuck in that entanglement, yeah. if you can't de-escalate, you got to know what and, you're doing. And do, what, do you think, uh, kind of talking about the ground game, do you think people... um uh, I don't know if you've been you've been keeping up lately, right, with the fights in the last couple weeks. Yeah. Um, have you? Um, people have been really hating against uh, Vittori and Brunson for using ground game against Holland because it's just not. People always complain about ground game, especially in UFC, because it's not as entertaining. But um, like, what do you think about that? You know. So, ground game is boring. Like, yeah. As, when I was a, a UFC casual, right mm-hmm. before I'd ever trained jujitsu. I was like, I was one of those guys, like, stand them up, yeah. let them fight, you know? Yeah. But after you train, even mm-hmm. if you just train for a couple sessions, if you try it out, if you just you do, like, the three-session trial or whatever they give you at the gym, yeah, you're going to realize how fucking hard it is mm-hmm. to be able to control somebody on the ground, to maintain mm-hmm. their posture, to not get thrown off, and all the little things that they're doing to to kind of win that exchange right yeah. like you, you'll see it a lot in commentary where they'll say oh you you know he's hooked the arm or he's got a, a, a specific type of grip behind the back yeah or like or if you look where his knee is you know he can't move his leg out yeah. you learn all these little things and jujitsu in a lot of ways is like a physical chess match yeah right you you put your hand somewhere i put my hand to block it you put your hand somewhere i block it you try to you know take my back and and do a rear naked choke mm-hmm. i get out of it now you're on top of me now i have to get you off of me now i'm on top of you now it's like back and forth right and overall it's like once you start training and you realize what it is mm-hmm. it's no longer boring yeah it's actually super exciting because you're like holy shit like he he did it to that guy that's twice his size oh yeah and what you're seeing now in the ufc is uh, like wrestling as a base is one of the strongest bases mm-hmm. because you need to be able to have the ground game, uh-huh. but also to strike. Uh-huh. You, you kind of saw this a little bit with um, Izzy and and uh, oh, uh, Yan's uh, fight. Blackwitz. Yeah, yeah, Jan Blackwitz. Where he was able to, I mean, again, he's 20 pounds heavier than him, right? So there are weight classes and for he, a he was going into, a, he was going in, was he weighing in uh, 200, I think. He was like 200.5 weigh in too. Yeah, because he normally cuts down to yeah. um, 185. Yeah, 185. So he he weighed in at more of like his natural weight. Yeah. Whereas Yan weighed in at his cut weight, which was uh, 205. 205. So he probably walks around like 225, 235. So I I wouldn't be surprised if he's 230 and above, honestly. He's yeah. huge. 
so the thing is when when he was on top of izzy and kind of like gassing him out yeah and and, and just beating down on him it's uh-huh. a weight thing right uh-huh. it's a difference but it's also just that ground game and a lot of people had criticized izzy for not having much of a ground game uh-huh. and he started training jujitsu with some world-class guys down in san diego uh-huh. but he's still new to it you know yeah typically in jujitsu they say the average for you to get a black belt is 10 years yeah so normally you don't even get your first belt until you've been in the game for two to three years so yeah. that's two to three years of sucking like mm-hmm. you suck right like mm-hmm. i was doing it for two and a half years i still suck if yeah. i go back as soon as i as soon as i get the opportunity to train again i guarantee i'm gonna suck yeah right and it, it becomes a battle of your ego because most people quit because they go well i should be good at this mm-hmm. right why aren't i better than that person well you got to put in the time and the effort it takes time there's so many different moves there's so many different scenarios you have to learn and it, it really is something that you can see somebody's character if they stick around with that type of thing the same mm-hmm. with wrestling striking any anything where you have to devote a large portion of your time to do it whether mm-hmm. it's like mountaineering like my coworker, mm-hmm. right or like yourself with podcasting or camping or whatever right if you become yeah. kind of like an expert in your own little niche yeah then you can tell that somebody has a passion for it because mm-hmm. nobody's going to take the time to do it unless they they truly had a passion for it right like nobody's going to become like a scuba diver if you hate scuba diving yeah <laughs> it doesn't make sense right yeah like, like why would you do that exactly exactly no i i think um I don't even because um what's it called kind of ta- tying back with that the yawn fight versus Adesanya um because I think Adesanya he he had he had he has good takedown defense like a hundred percent well you're he's when he was fighting I was surprised that Yol Romero didn't um when he was fighting him for the middleweight championship he didn't go on the ground with him and then when uh yawn just manhandled Adesanya I was just like oh shit like like everyone kind of has a game plan now against this dude now everyone knows that like okay if there's a weakness, it's probably his takedown defense. They're not his takedown defense. It's just his ground game in general. And you guys got if you got guys like Brunson and Vittori like trying to manhandle him on the ground, like I don't know, like they might have the advantage of him over just that aspect. So I, he needs to definitely train on that. But um, I think that Adesanya is probably going to most likely fight Whitaker next after that Saturday fight. Dude, Whitaker's looking scary. Oh yeah, the the cross to the the jab to the 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 head kick is nasty. Dude, I I saw um, Kelvin eat one of those head kicks. Yeah, like I think it was in the first round, and I just like winced myself, and I was like, Dude, I would have been out, out of bit, out of been out right there. Oh like, there's, yeah, there's no way I could block that shit. No, like the shin bone. If just feeling that, that is a hard bone. If that's hitting your like temple area like i don't know how that kelvin gaslam he i'm not gonna that dude is he's a tank he's a tank like he's definitely like the upper end of the echelon for the middleweight division for sure but i think um who are your favorite fighters hmm or have you been keeping up with over the years so like i started watching a lot during like the the connor era after he was already double champ Oh, after okay, okay, okay. That that was when I kind of started training. Uh-huh. Um, I I think overall, like, I don't know if I necessarily have a favorite fighter. Uh huh. And sh- shout out to one of my homies, Marvin, who told me this years ago and always stuck with me. Is like his thing was he always said that he liked watching greatness. Yeah. So he doesn't care who's in the Super Bowl. He cares that there's a storyline. So oh, at that yeah. time, it was like Panthers Patriots. Uh huh. And it was like I don't know. I think it was. Was it Panthers Broncos? I don't. I don't remember. It oh, was Panthers like, versus um, the Broncos for Super Bowl Fifty. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Broncos won, right? Yeah, Broncos won. Uh, yeah. Pa- Eli Manning MVP. Right. 
So so his whole thing was he's like, I don't care if Eli wins because Eli's already one of the greats. Yeah. I care if Cam Newton gets his first one because getting your first one shows greatness because there's yeah. only so many people that have won, um, you know, a Super Bowl, obviously, mm-hmm. right? And, and that's why, like, when you look at uh, Tom Brady... I always root for him because like you're witnessing greatness, right? You're witnessing something that's never been done before. Oh yeah. And and people would always like like hate on me for that, but I'm like, dude, th- this guy's amazing, the team's amazing, all this stuff. Well, they did this and they did this. It doesn't matter. All that matters is that like they're constantly achieving at such a high level. Like how are they able to maintain that, right? Oh, Especially yeah. now that he's older and everything else, right? Mm-hmm. And to so to me it's like I really liked watching like Adesanya's rise. Yeah. Because he was undefeated. Right, mm-hmm. he only been defeated like I think twice in kickboxing, so his his the record's like 103 now, basically yeah. in terms of his like professional fighting record with UFC plus kickboxing. And you look at that and like how he handles himself, like his the the way that he focuses, the way he trains, like his his mental fortitude. Those mm-hmm. are the type of things that I like seeing because there's the outliers, right? Now, realistically, every person in the UFC is pretty much an outlier because if it was me or you compared to them, their work ethic, their discipline, it's off the charts. Oh, 100%. Right? But we look at it and we go, well, you don't have the belt. You're not the best. All this shit. Any one of those guys could probably beat the shit out of 99% of the people on earth. If, no, yeah. If, even in the flyweight division, if I was in a hand-to-hand brawl with them, I weigh 151 or something, I would for sure get submitted real quick. They're just, they're insane. I'm just saying, dude, I'll fuck up Henry Cejudo. Henry at me. Henry Cejudo? Double, or what does he call himself? The <laughs> Triple C? Triple C, yeah. No, Triple he would probably C. break my fucking legs. Oh, no, that he's, dude. He's like 5'3", I think. I have a yeah. foot on him. 5'4", 5'3". I don't know. Have you, I, I always see those videos of like um, people like even uh, Nate Diaz uploaded a video the other day. It was him like submitting um, that lar- the heavyweight guy, even though he's like... Nate Diaz is 170 and the dude was like 265 and he just like he was able to get on top of his back I'm just like yeah that was what would happen to me yeah if you want a good a good quick YouTube video to look up I think it's um BJJ versus bodybuilder Mm -hmm. there's like a guy who's like you know super skinny but he's like a black belt versus this guy that's been like doing steroids for 15 years Uh uh-huh and he whoops his ass every even though he can he's like twice as strong as the guy Uh uh-huh Right, he could bench him six times over. Oh yeah, um, he just with technique and with with his skill is able to completely mitigate his offense uh-huh. and then um, defeat him. Yeah, no, it's... and that, I was gonna say, and also the thing with the ego thing, right? Why it kills your ego is because you're gonna lose, like as a guy, right? Like, oh, I lost to a girl. I'm 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 weak or whatever. Uh huh. No, she's just better than you. Yeah, because she's training. Because I know somebody who's a um, she was like a blue belt. Uh, I forget which because there's so many different tournaments now. She she was mm. like I think she came in second in a uh, world's competition. Oh really? At, at the blue belt female level. So then you know she's now purple belt all this stuff. But she's really freaking good. Uh huh. And I was training with her, and you know I got I got beat obviously. And she's like, don't don't do that move. Like you you need to use your weight more. You need to use this. You know she so she's really helped me out. Uh huh. Because there obviously are gifts you have being like the bigger, taller, stronger, uh-huh. whatever person. But you have to know how to use those things. So yeah. it's like anything, right? You can have all the all the potential in the world, but unless you actually do something with it, mm-hmm. you're just going to go nowhere. And it's oh, kind yeah. of the same thing why I always ask people when we did it at the beginning about like what your goal is. Because if you have a target, you can mm-hmm. hit that target. Yeah. But if you don't know what you want to do, and that's fine if you don't know what you want to do, I would say in that situation, just start exploring different things, mm-hmm. right? Like with, with COVID lockdown measures, you can still take a hike. So, you know, you... 
go take a hike with with one of your friends uh, be safe you know follow the guidelines stuff like that but then yeah see if you like hiking yeah. maybe that leads you to to picking up rock climbing later mm-hmm. right see if you like swimming or scuba diving right see if you like riding motorcycles you know whatever that hobby that you're going to start to develop is yeah just try out different things right ask your friends hey what do you do on the weekend how do you how do you relax you know yeah. right now a lot of people are probably just going to say i play video games because i'm stuck at home uh-huh so i when i was doing jujitsu all the time two to three times a week i didn't touch a video game for like two and a half years wow like I, I bought a, a freaking PS4 Pro to play the uh-huh. like this. I got the Spider-Man edition, right? I was like, "Fuck yeah, let's play it." I played yeah. it for a little bit, and then I just never touched it. Like a year later, because uh-huh. I was so busy doing that hobby that I really loved. Yeah, you know. I think it's like, always good that that's good. You switch up hobbies, though. You know what I mean? And then come back to them eventually, too. Well, I I came back because I was stuck at home due to COVID, and I was like, "Screw <laughs> it, I want to be social. I want to hang out yeah. with my, my my homies." But like, let's do it, you know, in a virtual space. Let's mm-hmm. be safe yeah no definitely definitely i think um kind of tying back what you're saying about um the you you follow greatness and stuff like that i totally agree with you with um you know fo- like i follow adesanya i think um he was the one who really got me in to ufc because he's um for you know who people don't know israel asadia he's um he's the middleweight champion right now and um he he's just he just loves anime he's a total nerd um he wears all the anime shirts to like all the stuff he's totally goofy um he's kind of you can tell he's just a goofball at the end of the day he's not very um he like but he but what i fuck with him about is like he like he stands up for himself he knows he can beat your ass and like like if you fuck with him like that like like he'll like he he can talk back you know what i mean i think i really just enjoyed like how great of a champion he was and just like how respectable he was you know he was like very uh you know he's a relatable character it seems like he's like if you weren't if you're walking past him across the street and you were talking to him about anime like you seem like a totally normal person you wouldn't think he's a world-class champion who can beat like like every other single person in his weight division you know and so um when he that's why i i just really like those storylines like like even like the older people like chael sun and like his trash talking or like dominic cruz and just him following him um trash talking a bunch of people he just sounds like a mom honestly dominic cruz but um what's it called um just following people like that really um it's just cool because i enjoy the storylines i enjoy the storylines i think um, cause I, I'm not as expertise in the, when they start fighting, but like, that's why I like watching or like, even though I'm not into like the intricacies of all like the fighting, like BJJ or like, um, you know, striking game or boxing, like I'm not that, as interested in it, but like, that's why I think like, you know, McGregor Poirier is so interesting because it's like, it's a trilogy, like who, what's going to happen at the end of that or, um, going into the yawn fight versus, uh, Adesanya, it's like, okay, like. This guy's world champion. He's undefeated. Like, how is he going to deal with someone twice his size, basically, you know? I think that's just the most entertaining part about the UFC. And that's why Conor sells so well. Like, um, people are way more invested in the character of Conor McGregor than his... Um, well, he has, a, he has had some crazy moments. But they're, they're really... Like, at the end of the day, people are invested in Conor McGregor because he's Conor McGregor. You know, people like Adesanya because he's Adesanya. People hate on Usman because people say he's boring and all this or like um he's not a good champion but like you know um there are people who are great champions and stuff like that and i i I fuck with uzman i fuck with him i think he's a good champion everything but um dude if you want to watch a banger of a fight with uzman go watch his colby fight 
Oh, yes. Everyone, watch that fight and watch the lead up to the fight. Dude, it, it was insane because you're sitting there going, both these guys are top tier wrestlers. Uh-huh. They're going to wrestle. They didn't wrestle. They didn't go to the ground once. They literally just stood and threw punches for 25 minutes straight. Yeah. Because they, he was, Usman hates the dude. Usman hates the dude. And, oh, um, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's one of those things where a lot of people will say that, like, Colby is, is just playing a, a character. Mm-hmm. Right. But it's one of those things where, yeah, he's, he said that he is playing a character and he's doing it to, like, feed his family and make uh. a career for himself, right? The UFC was going to cut him. Uh, after like a fight in Brazil, and then he started talking shit to all the Brazilians and all this stuff. And the UFC's like, "Wow, he's got all this interest and all this buzz and on YouTube. Yeah. Look at all of his views. We'll keep him around for another fight, right? Because now people want to beat him. Yeah. So people tune in to, to watch the villain lose. Yeah. Which, uh, you know, did you watch the Jake Paul Ben Askren fight? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, if you call that a fight, anyways. Yeah. Um, rigged man. The FBI is going to be looking into it. I'm, I'm sure for some some rigging. I don't. I don't know. We'll we'll talk about that in a second. But continue. Continue. Uh, yeah. I mean, over, overall, it's just fuck. I don't, I don't know where I was going. I, 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 I you were. T- I forgot. I forgot what we were just talking about too. Uh, what, any, okay, the Jake we're, Paul. We're, we're talking about people being boring because of the ground game and then oh, uh, jujitsu and the tie-ins um, and everything. You were talking about Colby Covington playing the character. Yeah. So he's doing it to provide for his family. Yeah. Right. Um, but do you think he was really playing a character, like, or do you think like that's part of his true personality? Or do you think no, it's mostly character? I, I think he's playing the character. There, yeah. there was an interview that, um, not not an interview. There was a fan that came up to him, and they were, they were like in Vegas before a fight, uh-huh. and the fan was talking to him, and and he just was talking to him like like me and you were talking, right? He wasn't doing doing his like character or whatever. And he's like, yeah, man, you the, know, with his if you really want to be a everything. fighter, yeah. He's like, if you really want to be a fighter, you have to work hard. No, he was still wearing the, the getup, yeah. but he was just he's like, <laughs> you know, you you really have to work hard. You have to do crazy stuff. But he said, he's like, in order to be a fighter you it has to be the only thing you want to do in life Mm -hmm. because at a certain point if you have to wake up at 5 a.m to go to the gym and then you have to you know work a job all day and then you have to come home and you have to train you know jujitsu and striking wrestling all these different things right and you're gonna have no social life your diet's controlled you know Mm -hmm. you can't eat cheesecake you can't eat mcdonald's you can't eat anything you want can't go to the bars with Um, your friends exactly and you and you're not even you don't even really have friends because the Mm -hmm. only people you interact with are the people at your gym Right, you're trying to be a world champion, trying to be the best in the world. He's like, if if that's truly what you want to do, then I support it. You should do it. But he's like, if it's not what you want to do, there are way better ways to make money. There are way better ways to be famous. There are way better ways to do everything else. He's like, I don't have anything else to fall back on, so I got to do this. And it it really it kind of changed my opinion on him a little bit mm-hmm. in that moment because I was like, okay, this guy's just like trying to make a name for himself trying to like feed his family set up yeah. his kids if he has kids type of thing mm-hmm. um so like, i respect that i don't necessarily agree with the ways that he's done certain things of course yeah. but it's just one of those situations where it's kind of like the outrage culture in a sense mm-hmm. where like the more crazy things you do the more likes and clicks you get and that's all that we care about oh yeah now that it's like the same draw with uh the whole mcgregor thing you know and the whole mm-hmm. jake paul and ben Askren, like you were saying earlier um you know, people do like this show, you know, no one likes going in, no one, no one, as Dana White would probably say, like, no one wants to watch a boring fight, you know, like, people like the characters, people like the storyline, and especially with, um, I think just playing a character, it's just, you know, you got, there's, um, like, Connor, most of the, I, I feel, especially in the later fights and stuff like that, he, he knows, he knows he's, um, 
he's over exaggerating and like being beefy on purpose because you know he wants to sell his pay per views. You know he mm-hmm. cares about the money at the end of the day. But he, he also the thing about Connor though he, is he always goes in with the mentality that he's gonna win, which is, makes him entertaining. But um, you know um, yeah, you know the uh, the famous clip where uh, Jeremy Stevens is talking to him because Jeremy Stevens got kicked off the card. Oh yeah, right? who the fuck is? Oh, you mean yeah. the, the two hundred five one or the recent one just last? Well, week? he he's got kicked off the recent one because he that, pushed um, Klaus. Pushed that was. Close, yeah. <laughs> what it was it was ridiculous what okay, okay what were you we saying originally though about but, uh, you know when, when connor says who the fuck is that, fuck guy, is that right? guy who's the fuck is that guy hey hey i'm, I'm irish you calm yourself okay all right all right all right i'll calm down i'll calm down i, I, I can say it all right all right nah, I, I, don't, I don't want to butcher the accent um but you know in an interview later where mcgregor's talking about it he goes of course i know who he is but in the yeah. moment you, you're trying to trying to like really embody this persona mm-hmm. and i was like dude i'm trying to talk i'm trying to you know have the, have the crowd go wild and stuff and this guy's uh-huh. talking shit over here like who the fuck is that guy over there yeah you know and it became one of the, like the most famous clips and like people people quote that shit all the time because oh no that is probably that is if anyone if if you think of conor mcgregor you probably think of either that or the nate diaz going like fuck you connor you're working for everything i've ever worked for motherfucker yeah or the um the one where he says First of all, I'd like to apologize. To absolutely, absolutely fucking, fucking nothing. <laughs> that that's a that's a good one too. Honestly, he's the the way he surmounted to greatness is insane. Like uh the fact going in so Conor McGregor, he was um he he had, he was fighting good people. He even beat Max Holloway um back in the day when he was uh fighting Featherweight at first and everything. He was uh, I think six and oh going into the featherweight championship and jose aldo he was the champion for i think 10 10 successful defenses yeah 10 years no one could beat him untouchable literally like um and he beat him in 13 seconds yeah he was the goat at the time he was the goat at the time like he was undisputed and connor just caught him with a left he caught him with the left in the most spectacular way possible and then he won that and the fact that he won that is absolutely insane to this day. You know what I mean? Well, the crazy thing, too, was that he he did that, right? And then that was the whole Mystic Mac thing where he's like, call me Mystic Mac because I predicted it first round knockout. Yeah. Bam, right? So so he does that. But, like, yeah, he, you know, obviously has a lot of bravado, I guess, mm-hmm. in a sense, right? But, but he, he wanted also to win. backed it up. He backed it up, right? He, yeah. he was skillful. And then when he jumped up to 155 and beat Alvarez... That was just insane. Yeah. Right? Oh, Because it no, was the whole, yeah. like, you're not going to come up to my division. I'm going to I'm gonna squash you, all this stuff, blah, blah, blah. And then he became the first, like, double champ, right? That, that's where, like, that, that came mm-hmm. from. And I think champ, we've champ. had, like, four or five since then. I think champ three. champs. Four. D- Daniel DC, Cormier. Amanda Nunez. And Henry. Oh, okay. Yeah. So so three since then. Yeah. Oh, I think well, technically, technically, GSP was the first one to do it, but he did it in two different eras, yeah. in a sense. I, like, two different divisions. I think, I think GSP is, like... He technically is like he's the oldest person to have like the first belt. But I think Connor was was the first champ champ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he yeah. was the first to hold it at the same yeah. time. So he, was he never defended them. He never defended it though. Right. Yeah. And then he went to fight uh, Mayweather, and then and that was kind of crazy. And then you know so on and so forth. But you know it's it's kind of it kind of relates a lot to what we're talking about, right? Where it's like in life, like what do you want to do? Yeah. You know, if you, I watched some of the documentary, I think it's called Notorious mm-hmm. on Netflix, where he's talking about he's 17, you know, he's been training, he wants to be a fighter, he wants to make it to the UFC, he's been fighting in these like underground fighting rings type of shit, right? And at the time, he was like broke, and his, his girlfriend was working, and she was making sure that they had food on the table and all this stuff, and he's like, 
this is what I want to do. So, okay, I, I believe that this is your dream. I'm going to help you get there, right? And it's just crazy to see somebody really kind of like manifest that for their life, right? Now, you can mm-hmm. say, well, he's done all this shit since then, but it's like to get to the point where you have $100 million in the bank type of shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. To make any any level of millions is, is kind of insane when you think about it. But it's not like billions insane. It's not Elon Musk insane. <laughs> Wait, hold, hold up, Matt. You're you're cutting in and out really, really bad. I might need a second. Give me one sec. Three, two, one, start. start. All right, cool. Uh, go back to your previous point. Sorry, guys. We had a technical issue um, cutting in and out. But you were talking about uh, uh, McGregor watching Notorious and kind of his rise to greatness. Yeah, so... When it comes to setting a goal in life, right? If you can set these crazy, like dream big goals, Mm -hmm. you can accomplish them. But you have to truly believe in yourself. Oh yeah. And on a smaller scale, you know that's why I'm I'm always asking people, you know, what's what's your goal? What does success look like to you? Because it's going to be individual to every person. So for Mm -hmm. him, he wanted to be world champion, right? Uh He started training very young. Uh, If you watch the documentary uh, Notorious on Netflix. You know, it explains how he was broke in, in Dublin and his girlfriend supported him through the entire journey and he became he became great because he always believed that he could. So <clears throat> when you're looking at your life and and that's the thing I wish I knew when I graduated was like mm-hmm. focus on being happy, focus on making memories, doing things right. If you think about it in terms of a, a scale, right, you know, you spend your first 18 years of your life in education, probably the next four years going to university after mm-hmm. that, you basically have 30 years, 35, 40 years, depending on your age bracket, when you decide you're going to retire. Yeah. So a, a lot of guys that I worked with at different companies have that mentality now. We're like, oh, another five years, like I could finally be happy. But yeah. it's like, you're not going to be happy when you retire. You're going to have more time. Certainly, yeah. <laughs> but you're not necessarily just going to flip a switch and be happy. Yeah. Unless you're happy where you are right now. It's like yes. what people will say a lot where they say, if you're not happy being single, you're not going to be happy in a relationship. Oh, yeah. You know, it's not going to fix your problems. Or like if you're not happy in a relationship, a, a, a baby is not going to fix the relationship. Oh, definitely. You, you need not, to be able to. All yeah. listeners do not have a baby if you're not ready. Okay, continue. They're fucking expensive, man. Oh, 21 years kids. of expenses, bro. Minimum. Yeah. Minimum. I, don't, I don't have kids, but I've seen so many of my coworkers have their their first and second children. Uh huh. And they're all their eyes are bloodshot. They get like two hours of sleep every night. I try to get eight minimum. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm my, my sleep is very important. I track it. You know, I do everything I can to optimize it. Uh huh. And I'm just like, I came to the office one day and I'm like, dude, I got six hours last night. I, I feel like ass. I need coffee. My uh-huh. coworkers are like, dude, I got two. And you're like, oh, damn, I'm like, dude. Well, that's a choice, man. You decided. That, that was a kids, choice. Like- <laughs> I was about to say. Well, damn, dude, you kind of chose to um, choose the two hours of well, sleep. Well, I, I guess in a, in a way, mine's more of a choice because I was probably hanging out with my friends, staying up late, whereas his, the baby's waking him up, so he has less <laughs> of a choice kidding. than that. Yeah, yeah. So, but, but but yeah, you know, it's like uh, in life, you have a lot of choices, uh huh, and you you really have a lot of control over your life, mm-hmm. and it's one of those things like with anxiety as well like if you're in a situation that's a bad situation you need to get out of it mm-hmm. you need to like take take the reins back take control and fix that otherwise like nobody's gonna fix it for you because most people only care about themselves oh yeah definitely and i think um tying back to what you originally said just about um you know it's really about manifesting your destiny like i'm a hundred percent positive 
when Conor McGregor was coming up, he 100% believed he was going to be champ champ. Like, he went into those fights, like, he was like, I'm going to be champ champ. Like, he was, like, it seemed, like, you know what I mean? When you're comparing it to, like, Paul, I would say, like, let's say Jake Paul and um, Ben Askren, for example, you know, when he was asking, people would ask Ben Askren, like, uh, what, like, are you going to win or lose? And he's just like, ah, I'm okay with either one, kind of, you know what I mean? Like, he wasn't really manifesting that he was going to win, and, you know? I think right. that really made him lose, you know? Because if you're going into the fight thinking, okay, um, I'm okay with winning or losing, and the other person is, I'm going to win, they're like, I'm going to do anything to win this fight, like, you're going to lose, you know? Just because it's a mental game at that point. Yeah, and Ben Askren basically said he's doing it for a paycheck. Yeah, he got a million dollars. Like, to him, that's his form of happiness, and I don't blame him. I don't blame him. A million dollars for just getting punched in the face, like, that's pretty worth it. But um, Now, would you... Would you get paid a million dollars to get punched in the face by Francis Ngannou? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you take the million, even though you got to pay a hundred grand to get your face reconstructed, plus no, taxes. They, you, no, your, your, your face is going to just be fucked. I think, I think, um, I think that dude's going to be champ for a while. But kind of, kind of going back to what you were originally saying, um, you know, I think that's what, um, I am always trying to tell people too, especially, you know, because a lot of my friends are graduating too, and I kind of like, um, been talking to them just making sure that like they continue to do the things that they like because like you know i see i you see it all the time just being in the fraternity in general all this time you see uh people your friends who like you know they jump into relationships because you know they want a girl to make them happy or they want to um they focus so much on their career that they forget about their friends and then once they're in their career they're not as happy because they have no one to bask in that glory with them you know what i mean and so um I think it's always important to like what you were saying, just always make sure that um, what you're doing or like what you're trying to achieve is something you actually legitimately desire and you have a plan to achieve that, you know, like let's say you do like that. That's just as important as having a plan. Like let's say you do want to be uh, champ champ of the world like Conor McGregor. Well, you got to start training, you know, <laughs> where, where does that start? And so things, things like that don't come easy. Like if you want like the greatest, like glory in life that like that shit is not easy in the slightest, like, um, those world champions in the UFC, they train every day, uh, six days a week, uh, putting their body through hell just so they can even get a shot at being the best. Yeah. And that's what it takes to be the best. You know, it's one of those things where a lot of people will say, I want to look good for summer. You know, a lot of guys will say, I want like a six pack. Yeah. Well, do you really not want to eat pizza and sugar and fast food and all those mm -hmm. things? Yeah. And then, you know, what happens is you do it for a while. You go, damn, I'm hungry. I'm whatever. I'll just have some. Yeah. I'll just have a little bit more. And then, you know, if you're not really disciplined, then you're not going to stick with it. And the thing too is you also really want to have that that end state. Yeah. If, if you decide I want to deadlift 500 pounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a that's a cool goal to have right it's very you know it's it's binary all goals yeah. at, at their kind of root should be binary you either achieve it or you don't right if you mm -hmm. hit 499 you didn't achieve it if your goal was 500 yeah but you know you have to progress up to those levels you can't just start doing it tomorrow right if you can then you've probably been training for a while or you're just some some freak of nature like insane strength right <laughs> francis not francis and he actually worked hella hard but i continue continue yeah, so, so, so you want to set those goals, but you also want to make sure that that goal is actually what you want to do. Otherwise, you're not going to do it, right? If you say, well, I want a six-pack, but I'm not willing to give up 
I mean, you don't, you don't, I mean, you could like eat pizza once in a while and have a six pack, right? Like, don't get me wrong. But if you're not willing to, to food prep and to count your calories and do all those things. Or even do crunches. (laughs) Yeah. Then then maybe you don't really want that thing if you're not willing to put in the effort. Yes. Yes. And I think. Go ahead. I was going to say, like, I, I was talking to JT about this. I think it's really, this is like why reflection and like meditation and self care is so important because you really need to reflect on like why. Do you want to do that? And what's the true reasoning behind it? Yeah. And it comes to kind of how you define happiness. Mm -hmm. So happiness for some people is the things that they own, right? You can say, I own a really nice car or like in your case, you know, you have like nice clothes, you Mm -hmm. have nice stuff that brings you happiness. Yeah. Happiness can be from emotional connections that you have, relationships, memories that you've made, things of that nature. Happiness could also just be the person who says, I'm going to live in the moment and do whatever I want at that moment and try to just be present, mm-hmm. right? If I'm sitting at home on my laptop, I'm going to be happy that I have a laptop. If yeah. I'm traveling somewhere, I'm going to be happy that I could travel, that I have money to fly to this place. So there's all these different ways of defining it, right? And, and there's all these different philosophers throughout time that have given you different insights into happiness and all those things. And mm-hmm. for me, um, I, I, I guess like, the segue for me would be more like stoicism uh-huh. where it's like control what you can and don't worry about what you can't. Exactly. And for me, like that's the best way to be happy mm-hmm. because you know, there's going to be situations where you can't control it, mm-hmm. but what are you going to do about that situation? And if you can do something about it, then you should do it. So, oh, yeah. you know, if you're super stressed out, especially with like stuff that's been going on the news right now with the uh, Derek Chauvin trial, right. And he was um, convicted, you know, guilty today. Mm-hmm. and the murder of George Floyd. But if it's something where like watching the TV is making you upset, you can turn the TV off. Yes. You don't have to leave the TV on. Now you may be attracted to it, right? Kind of like a horror movie. You know, we know we're going to get scared. We know that things are going to jump at us, but but we like that feeling uh-huh. in con- controlled doses. But you certainly like want to have the control over it. So, you know, you always want to do what's best for your, your mental health. And then for your body and mm-hmm. also for, you know, your, your wealth as well. Because if you have money, if you make money, you can afford to do the things that you want to do. Yeah. Right? If you, if you have a good paying job, you have your own place to live, maybe you live with roommates. You can, you can afford to go to a jujitsu studio. You can afford to go, um, you know, to, to try scuba diving or whatever it may be that you want to mm-hmm. do. But there's a ton of things you can do for free, right? You can go to a hike, you can go to a beach. You can hang out with your friends. You can play video games. Mm-hmm. Um, all these little things to create those connections. And it just comes down to, like you said, that self-reflection and deciding what it is you want to do. And and, and I don't mean it in the sense of, imagine if you're the only person uh, on earth. What would yeah. you be doing? Right? Not, well, I want to be a doctor because my parents want me to be a doctor. So I'm going to be a doctor. Is that, is that really what you want to do? Because yeah. Could you imagine all the stress of... You know, your undergrad career, going to med school, your residency after, and then you finally get to become a doctor, and then you go, I fucking hate this. Mm-hmm. I want to be a teacher, or I want to be a whatever. And of uh-huh. course, you know, money money can bring you happiness, certainly, right? The whole thing of like, well, money doesn't buy you happiness. Well, it's a lot easier to cry in a Ferrari than it is to cry in a beat up old Civic. You never, you ne- you've never seen someone crying on a jet ski. Uh, exactly. 
mostly because yeah. they're probably going pretty fast and it would hide it with the water spray you know <laughs> it's, 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 it's why i actually only cry in the shower because it's just the, the shower coming down <laughs> you know, that's that, that 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 is how uh quote unquote real men cry in the shower no that's what my mom says she's like you should only cry when no one's watching if you're a man i was like okay mom don't make me cry <laughs> and then, yeah you, you start crying then and she's just like i'm gonna disown you yeah she's like all right bitch <laughs> yeah well that's it, it that that's always back right it's kind of like that's always the joke but it's true and you know, I mean, let yourself have those emotions, but oh, also yeah. let yourself have success, right? When you do something well mm-hmm. and, and you achieve things, whatever that goal that you have, let yourself sit in the moment and feel that happiness that you get from accomplishing something. Wow. I actually haven't been doing that. I think I need to start doing that. Um, you should. I mean, no, you, yeah. you you have a lot of great accomplishments coming up. Think about it. Mm-hmm. You're gonna hit a, you're gonna hit a lot of milestones. You're gonna graduate mm-hmm. from from UCI. Yeah, right? that's a, that's a huge achievement. And then you're gonna be doing things like applying for your first job. You're gonna be doing things like networking at your first job. You're gonna be doing all these like firsts, right? Uh-huh. Maybe getting your first apartment, getting your first whatever. Um, I don't know, getting a pet. Maybe maybe you really want a pet. Get my um, first my first apartment with the bros. There you go. <laughs> right you can have that experience right uh-huh. it's the first time you could have maybe like truly your own space in your own room where you can decorate it the way that you want yeah right? you can exactly. put up the posters that you want whatever it is so when you're looking at all those things right just really sit down with yourself for a little bit and think about it um and one other thing i want to mention real quick is like called fear setting mm-hmm. which is like if you google fear setting and you look up tim ferris yeah um he, he did a podcast on it but it's also just like a template and it's kind of like what if that thing doesn't happen? Mm-hmm. So in your case, <clears throat> you know, earlier you mentioned that you want to travel and you're thinking about going to Asia. So what if you can't travel? Like, what if I talk to you in a year? I go, hey, how are your goals going? And you go, well, I didn't travel to Asia. I haven't found a job yet. Um, I'm I'm moving back home. I'm mm-hmm. not in Irvine. I'm living with my my parents and I'm, I'm still looking. Mm-hmm. So what you do is you walk yourself through the exercise where it's like, well, what if that happens? Yeah. So, you know, what can you do about it? You like exaggerate the, the problem, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you really kind of imagine yourself in that setting. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's also something a lot of Stoics will do as well with different exercises like that. Uh-huh. But you really look at the fears and decide like what you can do about it. So like you define what the fear is. Uh-huh. You write down what you're going to do to prevent that. Uh-huh. And then you write down what you would do in the event that that actually, like the worst case scenario happens and how you would repair it from there. Uh-huh. And when you go through this mental exercise, right? What is this called? Fear setting. Fear setting. Okay. Yeah. So you're basically imagining a situation in which like a devastating event happens almost. Uh-huh. Right. So like, what's the worst thing that can happen? You want to, de- you know, define your nightmare. So like like an example is you know i'm gonna run out of money so this uh-huh. is because uh tim ferris is trying to start a new business and this is like his notes so like mm-hmm. his fear is i'm gonna run out of money right it's like a four out of ten on the setback level how he could prevent it he could freelance on the side he could reduce his cost of living now in the event that he does run out of money make sure that he has capital in the future how he would repair it if he did run out of money and his business was failing he'd reach out to his contacts he'd start applying for jobs he would get back on the the typical career path instead of the entrepreneurial path and that just sounds like you're that that's just listing out like you know there is a way out of that type of stuff exactly because in 
maybe Pavlov's 90%. dog. It's like Pavlov's dog. Yeah. And in like 90% of situations, there is a way out. Mm-hmm. And there is a way you can be happy. Now, that may not be completely congruent with other people's happiness. I, ha- I have a coworker who I think she she was probably in her mid to late 30s. Uh-huh. And she was saying that, you know, every time her parents visit, they always ask, when are you going to have kids? When are you going to give me grandchildren? And she hasn't told them that her and her husband do not want to have kids. They've uh-huh. decided that they never want to have kids. And um, if it were up to them, you know, they would get their tubes tied and have a vasectomy uh-huh. um, for each of them. And they're in that situation where everybody's always asking them because everybody else puts these projections on your life plan of like, oh, you need to you need to have kids at this age. You need to do this. Well, what if you don't want to do it? Yeah. And if it if it leads to you being happy and if it leads to you having a fulfilling life, then go live your life on your own terms. Right. Mm-hmm. As far as we know, you only get the one. As far right? as we know. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And and it, so think about it this way. If there's an afterlife, great. If there's not, and this is well, truly your only shot, you better make the best of it. Yeah, you might as well. You might as well have a good time and hang out with your friends and your bros. Yeah. And your bros. And your and, and your bros bros and your bros friends and your friends bros. And your bros girls. Don't hang out with your bros girls without your bros. That that might that just sounds like an awkward situation. I, I was about to say I think you were just trying to like further down the, yeah. the joke rabbit hole, but then yeah. I'm like, oh, bro, and you can't be hanging out with your bros girl on her. You gotta be you you hang out with your bros. <laughs> Anyways, I'll I'll, I'll I'll tell you a story later about something like that. Okay, okay, okay. But um, anyways, guys, um, me and Matt are coming up almost on an hour and a half. Um, is there anything you want to finish this up with, Matt? Um, thank you for having me on. You know, you reached out to me. Uh, I guess I would I would plug the podcast. So it's the Manxiety podcast. The I'll, Manxiety podcast on I'll Instagram. I'll be the link. I'll link it yeah, too. But continue. Yeah, perfect. Um, but in general, you know, for a lot of people that are listening, you're probably still in college. You're probably Dylan's friends. If you're Dylan's friends, I would recommend you drop him as a friend. You know. Yeah. Just, That's why Matt always texts me back every time. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. He's he's, he's a great guy. Uh, and we're chilling with him. You know. That's what's up. But also just um. <laughs> You know, you're you're young, make mistakes, but also really take the time to sit down and think what you want. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know what you want, go and try things until you, you figure out that one thing that sticks. Yeah. Uh, for you, it could be jujitsu, right? You, you haven't tried it yet, but we'll talk after. And mm-hmm. it could be the one thing that clicks for you and it becomes like the hobby you have for the next 25 years. And then get, you just made yourself one step happier. Exactly. And then, you know, if you live your life to your own values and you're, you're working towards those goals happiness will come because it's going to come when you hit those those micro goals on the way mm-hmm, exactly and, and that's truly what i care about is giving people the tools to mm-hmm. be happy in their life to be successful in their life i that, i am that's very admirable and i appreciate you always helping everyone out with everything especially in the fraternity stuff so you've been a wonderful guest matt uh check out my anxiety it's a really great podcast him and a shot uh co-host it so check it out, especially if you are someone who deals with anxiety, because it's not just exclusively for male anxiety. It's all types of anxiety uh, talking about, you know, issues and therapy and solutions towards those problems. So definitely check it out. I'll put the link in the description. But this has been episode 10. Yeah, episode ten, 10. 10 out of 10. 10, 10 out, out of 10. 10. It's been a 10 out of 10 episode, Matt. And I look forward to seeing you on the next one. Peace out, guys.